0: Hi, I'm Rajul Shidash, and you're listening to Queerness and Storytelling in India. Today, I have with me a celebrity who is currently in Manipur, if I'm not mistaken. Santa, are you in Manipur right now?
1: Yeah, I'm in Manipur, Imphal.
0: In and I will read uh, Santa's bio in her own words. Santa writes I'm Santa Kurai, a Manipuri indigenous Snoopy Mandi. Nupi Manvi can be translated as Transgender Women in English. I am a writer, gender rights activist and also an artist. I associate with a state-level apex body called All Manipuri Nupi Manvi Association, in short Amana, which is a community-based organization for transgender community in Manipur. As a writer, some of my published work were two poems, Nupi Manvi Thabal, and my father that I've contributed in the first South Asian queer anthology titled The World That Belongs to Us and co-authored the book FEDA that explored the gender plurality in the erstwhile Manipuri society. The translation of Yellow Sparrows is my upcoming book, which is a collection of my memos. Thank you so much, Santa, for agreeing to this interview at such a short notice. Thank you. And I did not know that you have a podcast and only yesterday I came to know about uh, forbidden Prophecies and it was a very uh, different, I would say, experience of listening to voices simultaneously, something that I think I have heard more in, uh, let's say, audio uh, plays, uh, but I haven't seen that, uh, you know, heard that rather. In a podcast, and I, if I'm not mistaken, you are the translator there. You know, translating in English, and there's a shaman who is uh, speaking uh, in the background. Mm -hmm. So, how did you conceptualize this podcast and in this manner?
1: You know, I, I wanted to actually, I wanted the shaman to actually uh, tell the stories from their own mouth, but actually uh, for the international audience it's not possible uh, to make them understand speaking in Manipuri language. So I was thinking a lot how to, how to you know, like uh, how to make the larger audience understand the narratives uh, and also not uh, representing the shaman by me. So that was the whole idea that came uh, into my mind to use uh, both the boys the shaman and me so that uh, the listener can also understand okay the actual shaman is speaking in my background and then I am the translator because i don't have i am not the right person to tell their stories okay because i can act as a translator to in order to able to disseminate the stories to a larger audience that's the whole idea
0: so you recorded it in in uh, manipur yes and uh, how did this uh, center, the Orphele Center, which is, I think, in the University of California, Santa Barbara. So how did they uh, sort of support you in this uh,
1: recording? No, the podcast is a different one. The podcast was supported by Henry's Bull Foundation. Oh. So the, the work that I I did with Orphele Center is completely different. It's to create a web scene and basically center to trans and the struggle of trans, Manipuri, indigenous trans during COVID-19. Not only the struggle, and also it tried to bring out the stories of the trans community living, okay? The community support system, the moment, how they shared during COVID, how they could up with the situation in that disastrous environment. So that was the whole idea, so the photographs taken during the food uh, distribution a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, content are there.
0: Yeah, I think I read an article also and I also read a couple of articles that you wrote for Martha Trust, uh, which is also, mm-hmm. you know, archiving uh, these stories. So uh, did the shaman in question heard your uh, podcast? Are you going to record more stories?
1: A uh, podcast. I think you know. After that, I I found podcast is very interesting. It's uh, it doesn't require much skill, and then it doesn't require much uh, or, uh, you know resources. Like you know, you don't need manpower. You need to have a good microphone, which is uh, available everywhere. You can use your mobile phone. So that's uh, it, it's a very easy medium to use uh, to tell stories. So I found very interesting, but as of now, I don't have any plan to do another podcast because I've been, I've been, you know, uh, uh, busy with uh, a new research world, which is funded by RFSL Sweden.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sad because uh, I love the idea of listening to the to these voices, um, and it's kind of moving because also I think there is a background music. So it seems like, although you do say it's easy, it seems like a lot of work has gone in uh, to appeal to uh, the listener and the way it's been recorded. I also wanted to know from you, because you are a writer and you are a poet and now you are also, uh, you are a podcaster. So is there a preference for a certain medium like oral or written? Do you prefer one over another?
1: I wanted to touch everything because activism is not only about writing or you have to be very loud and you have to be very aggressive and very blunt. It's not that. If you wanted to, uh, if you wanted to, you know, like convey stories to people, you have to use different medium. I met documentary movie, Nowa, the Spirit of Ate Day in 2017. And it has backed the best nonfiction award. The story was based on a true stories of a 13 years old trans boy from Manipur. Um, so like, you know, I have all this experience. I wanted to get more experience because I don't have, uh, you know, like a, a passion that's very attached to me, that's very close to me. But, you know, like I, I write. I made documentary movies and I I did podcasts. I wanted to do more. Even I wanted to I wanted to use a performance as an art to tell stories. Theater. Even I I have been thinking to do, join theater, but I don't have time. Is
0: theater a
1: popular uh, medium in Manipur no. or in Imphal? No. no, it's not a popular medium. Earlier, it was very popular. It was quite like by people. It was quite demanded by people. Then I don't know what happens. All the theaters, uh, were, you know, like all the theaters were, uh, kind of, they were all down now. Because earlier, I still remember, like, when I grew up, uh, my father used to take me to theater to, to see drama, uh, in, on, on fourteen August, which is the I believe as the Independence Day of Manipur, <laughs> where uh, this is a long story. So like that that I remember, I still remember.
0: And where do you take your inspiration from when it comes to poetry? Uh, like, uh, are there any poets whom you like to read, whether uh, you know from Manipur or other parts of India or of the world? No,
1: I don't read i don't take any reference from any writers it's like you know i'm very a kind of artistic person whenever you know my house i pen half of my house with my own hands <laughs> like wow. i enjoy doing, i enjoy doing this all this because you know like whenever i write and then whenever i see things uh, i just you know started uh, I, inside me kind of a lyrical, what to say, feelings develop inside me. I'm very lyrical, you know, the way, the way I, I write and then the way I see things. It's always very, very artistic and very dramatic.
0: Yeah, I think I, I, I could sense it when I was reading your poems uh, when the book came out, Akhil uh, and Aditi's uh, anthology. And uh, my father and both the poem, actually, uh, the Second Women and my father are, are very moving, very lyrical. And I think Second Women, uh, if I'm not mistaken, also has music. Like there are references to music embedded yes. in the poem. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of pain, though, um, in both yeah. the poems and of something that has, it's like it's about survival, it's about loss so yeah it's, they are very very moving i wanted to know this because you uh, i was listening to an interview uh, not an interview rather a panel at uh, the center for from for the center of uh, for law and policy research in 2020 where you talk about english language and how uh, you know cis gay uh, people in particular who know how to speak english and write in english and articulate better tend to dominate queer sort of spaces in india Uh, So, do you think that this is something which is uh, specific to uh, Manipur, or is it like a pan-India thing that says gay men are kind of dominating these? I
1: can't can't say anything about the other parts of India, Uh, but I was I did tell that based on my experience in Manipur. Basically, in Manipur, gay people have more privilege because. I have heard a lot of stories about gay people, harassment, torture, violence by their family, by their neighbors. It's not happening in Manipur. Gay people at least have a kind of certain level of liberty and freedom when coming to socialization uh, and then familial support and their neighbor support because people still use this gay as a word. but People do not have a critical attention towards gay people because they cannot identify. They think that these people, uh, like, they are doing for fun for sometimes. And then after sometime they get mature, then they will get married, they will have babies, they will have children, and they will have a normal life. So there is this question of normal and abnormal. So when people see transgender people, they always consider we are all men that love because we, we we born in a higher position because we have this penance when we were born and our parents never witnessed this. And then with that penis when we have uh, aspect to become a woman, it's a very painful sin to a very patriarchal society. Okay, nobody, because, you know, like, it's like we wanted to incline to the lower position. Okay. For example, even in trans men also, uh, if a girl aspired to become a man, meaning like that, the pride of their family, okay? Because this person aspired to uh, uh, choose the higher position. So, there is this differences. So, gay people are still considered as uh, as as a normal people. So, and then they also have this higher chances of uh, higher chances of getting higher qualification because they don't face much bullying in schools. And they, this is the reason why they are able to continue their their higher education. But in case of trans people, the moment we came out as a girl, then everything starts. This uh, kind of many unseen, unseen you know, ill-treatment uh, have started, have begins from the family in itself. So, like, even when my parents do not support me, then how can I expect support from the larger society, including educational institution? So, this this are the reason why we drop out of school at a very early age, and then we are not able to continue education. For me, I'm lucky enough because, you know, my father was very cruel to me. He was very much against my uh, feminine identity. But actually, he reinforced me constantly to continue education. And I also a person having a, a kind of, you know, extra temperament because I... I I resist. I always resist against any art, against all art. In college time, in schools, when I was very young, uh, so I I always fought with people. I never came back avoiding a kind of ill treatment that comes towards me. I faced it. I got back to them. Okay. So, like people are different. A person like me is also very rare mm, in my experience. Because during my time, uh, I was the only person who came out openly in a girly dress and live as a girl, live as a woman, 24 into 7. During my time, people were very close, Like they live in the closet. They used to live disguised. As a man during daytime and in nighttime, they'll come to me, we'll gather, we we'll started wearing things, wearing clothes, female clothes, then we'll go to the polo ground, which is at the heart of the city. Then there, it's the night, the entire night was a different scenario. Uh, there was, I still remember, there were all galleries, wood galleries, wooden galleries, okay? It's a polo ground where people play polos. and then we use that polos as a ramp, and we walk there. We can there, and then there was a fog light, big fog light coming from Kanla Fort. Okay, Kanla Fort is a uh, that time uh, Indian military occupied Kanla Fort, and then the, the the fog light was turning around. Okay, and we as we. Uh, you know, like uh, we we take that uh, fog light as a kind of uh, you know uh, the light that 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 is used in them work in beauty contest and other thing. You know, the entire night we did not realize when the, when when the night end when when did the dawn get come. So. Yeah, that was that was a, that was the stories of uh, a, a very important section in the community mobilisation in Manipuri queer history.
0: Yeah, and it seems like the night and the midnight was actually you know the part where uh, the city or the place, came alive for you and uh, other yes. other people. So now, uh, so within the Nupi Mandi community, is is there still this kind of unity and like a sense of, uh, you know, enjoying, uh, enjoyment, enjoying the the night or, uh, you know, coming together, doing the things that you uh, used to do? Does it still happen?
1: No, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of reason. Now there's a lot of division. Enjoyization divide, community Funds divide community, HIV divide community, <laughs> lot of division. It's only now we have is beauty parlors. Beauty parlors is the only space where community come together, and enjoy night. But actually, this also a kind of this also conduct in 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 a, in a form of groups, okay? Because if you are a uh, if you are running a beauty parlor, if you are an owner of a trans-runs beauty parlor, then you will have a few number of assistants under you, okay? This assistants and owner, they will have this network and it's kind of liminal spaces for them. So, they have, we have this small, small group. So, the scenario is completely different compared with those 1990s, 1980s. And 2022, it's completely different. There is a lot of division. There is a lot of, you know, politics around it. During that time, we were very apolitical. And we share things, we share moments. During that time, we did not not go to each other's houses. Um, But at night, we were together. We share stories. We even share or sexual partner also, we didn't bother. But now, people are very much uh, possessive and then people are very much uh, on their territory. People create their own territory. Uh, People are very private. You know, there is no openness and then there is no generosity.
0: Is marriage a thing that is, like, common or popular? Like, now, of course, the uh, there's a lot of talk about same-sex marriage. But in general, is marriage uh, popular? Uh, like, you know, do people want to get married is what I'm trying to
1: ask. Yeah, many of the trans people wanted to get married. Uh, but for the trans men, you'll find in Manipur, from a very, very long time, uh, before I was born, i heard stories and then my my aunt my my fifth aunt is also a trans man and he used to uh, he was in a living relationship uh, with his partner for more than 10 like, like 12 years i was very young when he left home and uh, then we had when he came back i was like I was at the college, that was my college time, okay. So, that was a very long period of time. He came back to our house when his partner married to a cis man, okay. So, like, you'll find a lot of trans men, couples, and then women, loving women. Uh, In Manipur, it's very common, but... Coming to the trans women, you'll not find a single partner uh, that much uh, having that much stable relationship. Mm, So
0: it seems like there is a specific kind of, uh, I don't know if stigma is the word, but it seems like it's harder for uh, trans people uh, in Manipur despite the gender uh, uh, fluidity, not gender fluidity, but maybe more like sexual fluidity also. you know uh, which is more like acceptable uh, so what like so when you think of like education in English and where, who will open a beauty parlor or who will pursue you know something like you know profession in the in the, in a different field, what matters in this case? Is it class? I mean, you once I think said in the same uh, panel that caste is not something which you know is uh, is a determinant in Manipur and also in Northeast. So is it more like class, how much money you have, or does it also matter which communities you are from, whether you're Maitai or whether you are from another uh, community, whether you're a tribal. So what is it that, you know, what is it that determines your uh, social status?
1: That is something very difficult to answer in Manipur situation. We we do not have this class also we do not have caste but in the larger conflict there is a uh, indifferences between uh, two ethnic community uh, it's not particularly for trans people or gay people it's not there but for the trans people we don't have indi- we don't have that indifference uh, within the community we have a lot of friends. It's not friends, but actually, we they are in the community. Those peoples from the hill, valley, and even the Pangal. Pangal is the indigenous uh, Islam, uh, indigenous people of Manipur who follows Islam. Okay, so like when we are together, we are always together. And uh, when there was uh, a very uh, big ethnic riot. That was happened few years back. Uh, people were having a lot of you know like uh, rumors, and then uh, people backbite beg- each other, and then people attack each other. But within the community, we are there, there was no change. There was no change in the community in the trans community. We were together. We did not talk about the riots ethnic riots, and then nobody talked about that. And even the hill peoples, they were living in the valley during that time, and nobody attacked them. So, like class and caste, it's very difficult to answer for me, but actually there is ethnic riots and ethnic conflict in Manipur. And that's very big. And trans people are not in that
0: so i'm assuming that indigeneity and ethnicity then would be you know more relevant uh um, mm. markers of difference uh, in manipur mm. uh would you would you also call it uh, race because in india uh, like the indian government doesn't want to talk about racism uh and i'm mm. wondering if race is an m- important like marker when you think of like northeast also like the sort of the treatment of uh, people from northeast, different parts of northeast, in cities like Delhi, uh, uh, Bangalore, and I know that Pavel uh, uh, and Davidson also has the Homo project. I also spoke to them for the podcast. So is race then a more race and indigeneity? Uh, are these more like important ways to uh, talk about uh, the identity in in the Manipur in, in the Manipuri context?
1: When you say identity. Can you please clarify that on me, like identity on what is queer identity or uh, any? I'm thinking of any identity.
0: Like for instance, I'm thinking about how uh, people get otherized when they move from one place to another, right? Like say, for instance, the example that you gave about Nupi Mandi, uh, people like gender uh, is something. The fact that you you become a girl, you are a girl is something that determines how you are treated and in some cases when people uh, like come go to Delhi for their education from Manipur and other parts of northeast the kind of treatment that they are uh, exposed to sometimes is based on how they look what they eat uh, or what clothes they wear so since caste what I'm trying to understand is since class and caste are not helpful you know markers uh, would race uh, and indigeneity, like you said earlier, uh, would these be important markers? And then, how would, let's say, how would uh, indigeneity come into play? Let's say, is there, is there like a, uh, is there a conversation as to who is indigenous? Like, is that a, is that a conversation that uh, can happen? Like, uh, like you mentioned, the community uh, who which practices Islam. Uh, so, is that something that? Uh, helps you understand who you are like being indigenous, uh
1: being different. Yeah. Race and indigenity is something uh that is uh, that's very much uh, close with with our identity because you know like because of this indigenity we still practice community living in Manipur though uh, there are certain changes in terms of infrastructure of the state um uh, peoples in in many parts of the state and also even in the valley people still have this belongingness of each other supporting each other and also like that's that's also one things that can be uh taken into consideration when when talking about a queer identity or a based identity because. You know, this community living and the structure is one uh, element that uh, that tolerates trans existence in Manipuri society. Otherwise, it would be very difficult. And uh, talking about racism, I cannot talk about the about racism in Manipur because you know, like it's again uh, something which one needs to do an in-depth research on this because everything that's taking place in Manipur this cannot be called as racism. You know, Manipur is a oppressed state and also in the Part C, in the India political status, Part C is the worst political status. Tripura and Manipur is in Part C. So like, you know, like the oppressed community are always fragile. And it's very easy to, you know, put things and then divide the community and then try tantrums and then create conflicts within the community and the conflict remains within the community only. Okay. So this is, and then the, the entire things, any sort of discrimination or anger or attack that's taking place within the community, within the indigenous community, cannot be considered as racism because that is what, that is what the oppressor wanted to see, okay? Oppressor always wanted to see the community fighting each other. So that's one way they are taking advantage of the land, they are taking advantage of the resources, okay? And that fighting is not, it's not originated. It's not originated from the indigenous community. It's something that, uh, you know, like, uh, that's something which I'm struggling to find the appropriate word. That's something kind of influence that's come from uh, an external forces. Okay. okay. So that's not called racism. Racism yeah. is something that I face when I, uh, participate or whenever I attend in the larger forum because of language, because of my appearance, because of my accent, because of my geographical location. Because, you know, when there is a national consultation, there is only one person who is always representing Northeast. And India is a very big country. Okay, millions of population. So, like, if you are inviting, yeah, like, 30 participants across the nation. Why there is only one person from the northeast? Yes, there is language barrier. So if you see national consultation, meaning like people should have this understanding of providing translator, the needs of providing translator to the community. Okay. And why... In, you know, like any laws, any laws or act or rules that's coming from the center has to have a very comprehensive uh, methodology. It has to, it should be applicable to each and every people living in, in the periphery of the country as well as people living in the center across the nation. Why notice people were not you know, like uh, are not uh, invited. If they invite it, then they will choose people who they can play like a puppet. A person okay. who is working at the grassroots, person who have been sacrificing auto the organization, grassroots organization that has been sacrificing their lives and then invested huge effort, long efforts to bring chains at the grassroots level. Why don't they invite people like that? So there is this biasness, mm-hmm. and everything they can do because you know racism is not about calling names only, racism is not about calling chinkies to me. Racism is all about the question of who is holding the central power and how the power is executing. And yes. the other question is whether the 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 power is distributing in equally or not. Mm. That's racism. Mm. That's the ethnic riots, the ethnic conflict that's taking place in Manipur, this is not called racism according to me. This is not racism. Mm-hmm. This is another outcome of the neocolonial oppression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, that's what I meant.
0: Like, I should have clarified. When I said uh, racism, I was referring to uh, how people from the Northeast are exposed to racism in Delhi and Bangalore, you know, like metropolitan cities in India. And uh, so I was when I was referring to the Homo Project, I was thinking of how people are, uh, you know, finding ways to uh, respond to that uh, uh, racism uh you know, in different ways. Some people are doing other kinds of work. So I didn't mean that racism in Manipur. I was thinking of if race then becomes a part of who you are when one you move out. Uh, you know, or you go to uh Delhi. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. So uh, sorry for the sorry for the confusion. Um I should have clarified. Uh, but since you mentioned like these consultation at the national level, and I read your uh, this article, uh, which was, I, I felt a very detailed article on LAL Jairoba Festival. And I did not know at all about the, the festival, where I think one judge, you say, said that, you know, the, uh, the NALSA judgment does not mm-hmm. allow you to wear what you, uh, or what you want to wear, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So uh, he misinterpreted the judgment. So I'm wondering, like, then how do you fight these battles, especially I saw this as a battle for inclusion, but also a battle for reclaiming what is rightfully yours or, you know, your community, because they are, it seems like uh, there are other uh, stakeholders who are saying that, okay, we are making space for you. But you are saying in that article that you don't have to make space for me because it's my festival, right? So. It's religion an important site where you seek inclusion, or are you seeing this more as a cultural, you know, practice rather than only uh, religious?
1: Religion is uh, is religion. Max people's life. Religion is something which I do not uh, relate with my activism work. So that incident happens because of that of a lot of, of fanatic group okay? Because I don't legitimize my human rights movement with religion. I'm more on social and cultural aspects. Because, you know, like, I am a, I, I follow tsunami religion doesn't mean that I am a demigod or I am a, because, you know, like in the cosmology, there are a lot of things that I found. I, where uh, I was able to explore the gender pluralism multiplicity in the cosmology, in the creation of Manipur, arts, universe, and everything. But I did not take important because, you know, like, cosmology is cosmology. Because, you know, like, once the cosmology gets structured, then everything is narrowing, narrowing down to binary, okay? And I cannot claim my identity with some gods or goddesses because that's the very big disadvantage in human rights movement. I'm a human, I'm a human, so treat me as a human. Why should I claim as a, as a as a demigod or a kind of reincarnation or you know like something very it's 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 not you know comparing human with God is something which i I do not want to. Relate with activism work uh, because human are human, God are God, God is omnipresent, God can take any form, okay, but once human is taken as a as a you know as another form of God, meaning like other larger uh, populace uh, will not start treating that particular human as human, okay, so that's the last of. Uh, the personhood of that individual. Okay, so like uh, for me, I don't want to, uh, you know, legitimate a uh, human rights movement or transgender identity with religion, but I do reclaim our identity and also our existence through cultural, social, and historical, from the historical aspect, which is very important because people in that, in that. State level consultation that uh, lawyers working in the High Court he interpreted the Supreme Court Nalsa judgment into a kind of criminal laws. Okay, so that was the beginning of um, that. That was the beginning of the journey of uh, doing the research on Faida. Okay, so because in you know, a like. In Manipur, where there is layers of colonization, there were a lot of eraser in the uh, historical. There are a lot of erasers that, uh, that were taken place uh, in history. For example, Faida. And even the site Mina, or now called a site Mina, there is a, a statue uh, in the heart of the city with a small uh, ground. It is it was once called as Faida Pung where Faida used to gather together and looking after the Imam market. Okay. So they were very much regarded by the kings and also by the peoples. Uh, then how the stories of Faida got lost and uh why they stopped flourishing till that, Okay. So that was the entire study that I did in uh, FAIDA research, um, because, you know, like, I actually did not uh, attempt to claim FAIDA as Nupi Mandi. But what I was trying to uh, tell people is, FAIDA were the prototype of unconventional gender and sexuality people. Because this is not a recent phenomenon. We were already there. Our forefathers were already there. But actually due to certain, uh, you know, circumstances or certain social or uh, condition, uh, the narratives were erased from the chapter of the history. But people study Fida in a few books, but they don't... Uh, discuss about Faida's gender and sexuality but I did it so that's because this is important that this is not about religion this is about knowing your roots your origin
0: yeah and also like it's it's interesting because uh, you said you talked about colonialism and uh uh, you know, colonialism, one of the projects of British colonialism, for instance, was to uh, make genders very fixed, uh, you know, like male, female, or these are very fixed categories. Um, and then, of course, Section 377 and they criminalized sex work and so many other things happened. Uh, but, but then it's also a fight, it seems, against the mainstream Indian uh, religious uh, way of understanding life so on one hand you're reclaiming something about gender but something also about life like how you are living your life every day uh, which i find interesting is is the book available on uh, amazon or any other like site i would love to read it
1: i can share you the google uh, uh, google book link it's in the google book
0: okay okay i'll, I'll search uh, the book and hopefully you know be able to sort of access it <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a very small book yeah but it's, it's very it's difficult it's very difficult because you know like there is nothing and even when there is nothing there is it's very difficult to even start doing ground work also so that was a very difficult time when I was doing this uh, research on fiber and people, even the traditional scholars, the many scholars I met, they did not want to tell more about Faida. Mm-hmm. And they were all traditional scholars. When I approached them and asked to know about Faida, then they said, no, 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 don't uh, use that word again. It's very, what to say, something very sacred type. They said, they told me.
0: So it's like a, it's like a like don't like a separate zone where she cannot touch. Like a, I don't know. Like sounds like a taboo to talk about. No, it's
1: not that people actually do not want to talk about Faida because I don't know. I even did not uh, focus on that. I actually mm-hmm. did not focus on it because that was not actually the part of my research. Mm-hmm. Because unnecessarily if I continue uh you know I continue having conversation with them, meaning like I'm wasting time. Because, you know, they will say something, then there is no written document, there is no primary literature. So what's the point of continue meeting with those people? There are a lot of pseudo historian across mm. across the country. It's not about money, so they write things what whatever they want or how they are interpreting uh, all these books and letters uh, is something which we cannot imagine.
0: So in a way, you are also telling a story from a point of view of someone who is not a historian but challenges history. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's that's amazing. Um uh, that was also my last question. Uh do you have any last thoughts? Like you, you talked about your second uh book, right? Like earlier you mentioned it. So uh do you want to say something about it? Who is publishing it? Will it be available uh you know online?
1: Yeah this is being published by the speaking tiger then Ravi was telling me that the book probably will be coming out in December this year so submitted the final draft then you know yeah. now it is in this status and one of my poems was also published by rocklace it's Looming. Mm-hmm. i have contributed one poems in uh, covid assemblage mm-hmm. so i think this is also coming out mm-hmm. and this will be available in online also is the is the poetry scene and the publishing scene like open
0: for everyone like is it democratic do you think
1: mm-hmm. no I tried to access that, then they have asked me, Google asked me password and everything. It's online now, but, and then the person who contacted me, she told me that uh, I will be uh, receiving the physical book as soon as possible. And she also told me that the book will be available online. The physical book will be available online.
0: But publishers are open to publishing your work, like in general they're happy to publish the poems or the book?
1: No, because I'm, in that case, I'm lucky now. And also I have this privilege because people contacted me. But if you really wanted to publish your own book, if you are a trans writer, there is two things. For me, I come from a periphery, a very remote state, neglected state it's again for me very difficult to find a good publisher you you have to do i have to do a lot of work finding people it's like it's like you know if i find publisher also publisher will be more on like more on like selling the stories uh, at the market telling people that this is a story written by a trans. So, you know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I just want people or publisher to treat me as a writer, not as a trans writer. Mm -hmm. If my story is not good enough, then cancel it, disapprove it. If they found it good, then publish it. Mm -hmm. Instead of taking my stories as a uh, trans writer rather I would like people to treat me as a writer because um, I wanted to be a writer only I don't want to be a trans writer because writing is my passion and writing yeah I write more about my life and then about many of my writings are very much related with uh, you know queer people's queer identity it doesn't mean that people should treat me as a trans writer because that's my experience. People who have a different experience when they write uh, the stories come out um, in a, in a different scene, in a different format. And my stories caught in a queer format because I experienced that. It doesn't mean that people should treat me as a trans writer. But writing, writing are similar. The way other people write, the way I write, are almost similar. The only thing is like the protagonists are different. There is uh, differences in in the time, in the place, uh, you know, and in the character. So that's the only difference.
0: Yeah, and that's so important. Uh, you know, to, to that have that kind of recognition as a writer uh, in a publishing. Uh, scene and to get visibility as a writer the respect.
1: But I think you're doing
0: great work and um, you people know you obviously, Uh, it's quite obvious uh, the presence, the kind of presence that you have on social media but also at the ground. Not many people have both and that's because
1: of your incredible uh, work. The exclusion is much more uh, than before like for example recently there was this national consultation online and uh, the secretary of the minister of social justice and empowerment was there so i took i started talking and lot of trans people were also there were also participated then this women she stopped me the secretary from the ministry. So she stopped me and she allowed other to talk. And she didn't allow me to talk. Even till even at the end of the, you know, consultation, online consultation. And then after that, there was this prisoner consultation that was conducted in, the, in Guwahati and I was not invited. Uh, and there was this... Uh, International Literacy Festival, which was held in Simla a few few months back, maybe in June this year. And they had these standees, lot of standees. And all the trans writers, their photographs were there. in all the standees. And mine was not there. Only mine was not there. And then I approached the secretary and requested to, you know, put my photographs in one standee. He said, most days are coming. Then on the next day, I was hunting for my photographs and it was not there. So like, I feel like that was intense now. all peoples, all the peoples, all the trans writers, the photographs were there in standee and my only my photograph was not there. So because I always talk about Fascism, I always talk about colonialism because I talk about neo colonialism, not about white supremacy. I talk about, you know, because this is important for me because I experienced that. How about other people who cannot speak like me? And it's my responsibility to speak on their behalf. Whether people like, my, like me or not, it doesn't matter. My only thing is like maybe people do not like what I speak what I tell today but after ten years, twenty years back people will definitely realize this is one way how we can, you know, bring queer unification across the nation. Otherwise it will not be possible. I do not want to talk about oppression. I do not want to talk about colonialism, neocolonialism. Why should I talk? I talk because I experience and I wanted my colleague and my community to understand. When I say community, my community, it's not about uh, Nupi Mambis, Nupamambas, or you know, LGBTQ people, Square people from the Northeast. When I say my community, meaning the entire Northeast, but I face exclusion. That's why. I always talk about this, but people misinterpret it. So, I also do not always want to talk about oppression. Okay, I am also, also a person. I have my own little struggle. I have my larger struggle. There are different struggles in everybody's life. Okay, likewise, I also my struggle. So, in this struggle, I do not want to always talk about Queer oppress other queer. Okay. A majoritarian queer oppress the minority queer. I don't want to talk about that. I talk about this because I, I continuously experience this. If I don't talk about this, who will talk about this?
0: Um, thank you so much, Santa.
1: Okay, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Good night. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> bye bye. Bye.